On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez here tonight uh, with you. Hey, thanks to Finey, another fantastic show. And uh, good to hear Milne and uh, Jeff Poulter on just before the Diegos. Finey's back tomorrow from 7pm on Melbourne's home of sport. Vinny Venezuela, welcome. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Good to be here. Hello, yes, listeners. And, uh, yeah, Warren, you're here as well. How's it going? Yeah, no, I'm going well. Good, Thank good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to your rant today. It's a happy rant. <laughs> Is it a happy rant? Just let, let's right, get to I, that I, point. I, I, interesting. <laughs> let's yeah. not talk about it now. <laughs> Mood's already changed. Exactly. Carlos Alberto Diego. <laughs> yep. How you going? Oh, very well. I think the, I think what he his re, his response then was a lot more vicious than his rant's going to be. I know. I, well, we we did a we did our uh, what's it called pre-show Carlos? meeting. Yeah, pre-show meeting before on Periscope. Uh, on, that's what I was get us that. get us live on Periscope, and you can go there right now because it go, it stays for twenty four hours, yeah. and you get the pearls of witness wit, uh, wisdom. 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 Yep. And um, <laughs> and I've got to say. The pre-show meeting went longer than what our show is going to go tonight. <laughs> it did a bit tonight. It did drag on. Hey, we've got a big show tonight, uh, gents, because uh, we've got our Bosses series. That continues tonight. And uh, we spoke with uh, Tony Pinata early in the week and uh, mm. uh, had some interesting things to say. An interesting uh, insight into which derby is better, uh, Carlos. But uh, we, um, we'll talk to Tony a little bit later on today. We've got our Q&A, of course. Mm. Mike McGrath's coming up as yep. well and Warren's rant. But uh, got a big, big show for you tonight. It's uh, eight minutes past a Yes, it is time for Rodrigo's Q&A. And uh, look, let's start, let's start, let's start right at the top, boys, Mm. because the FFA Cup was uh, held last night, of course, and uh, the round of 16 games are are run and won, and uh, wasn't it? It was fantastic. I, yeah. I've got to say, it just keeps getting better and better. Let, do you want me to go through the scores now, boys? Yes, just in case uh, yeah. people have forgotten yeah. or they you know, haven't uh, maybe been, been living of, under a rock, Carlos. maybe been out of the country, but it usually makes big noise across mainstream media these days, The uh, especially the round of 32, round of 16, anywhere near the pointy end. Gets a fair bit of exposure on media these days. I mean, if you missed the start of the news, you would you would have missed the scores because they normally played at the top of the yeah, of course, commercial course. television <laughs> news. Hey, Bentley Greens uh, defeated Devonport Strikers last night away from home one nil, so that they go through to the uh, quarterfinals. And Green Gully in the local derby uh, yep. defeated uh, Melbourne Knights three uh, one. Uh, and uh, yeah, good turnout there. And um, and Western City Wanderers defeated Edgeworth Eagles five um, one. And Sydney FC uh, went to Perth and defeated them one nil. Can I say just add a little fun fact there about Vinny Venezuela? Please. I played I played schoolboy soccer with Andrew Marth, coach of the Melbourne Knights, way back when. Did you? Was he good then? He was great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Did you you better in a way that I wasn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I played against Edgeworth. If that's any in my days in Newcastle. So there yeah. you go, Vinny. There's a. Do you remember the scoreline? Um, not Actually, really. more importantly, yes. what position did you play? Oh, I was because um, I can't imagine your body type being on a football pitch anywhere. <laughs> I was quite nimble as a young. Yeah, lad. you were nimble, were Yeah, nimble winger. Yeah, yeah. forward. I yeah. didn't like going a winger with with a lot of a, a big engine. 
<laughs> you had a big engine, didn't you? You had a right. big trunk, Carlos. I was all right, all right aerobically, <laughs> Carlos. No, I've got to say, his body belies his ability to I run know. a marathon. I know. I've seen him run. I did go for a couple of jogs with him in Brazil. And he's almost and off stretch. And I just said, Warren, just take off, mate. Just just get going because you're... You've got, no, you got no. engines there. Edgeworth are a very strong team in mm. Newcastle. And our listeners who know a little bit about golf, uh, Warren's Warren used to be very close to scratch in golf. No, no, which, not that Yes, you were. Yeah, close. Well, you're in single digits yeah, though, yeah, weren't I you? Yeah, I was. Okay, well, that's yeah. close enough. Yeah. Jeez, it's I'm, not about me. Yeah. It's your Q&A, Rodrigo. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. No, well, we're talking about the FFA yeah. Cup and... Uh, Bentley, let's talk about Green Gully versus Melbourne Knights first mm. because that was uh, that was a, a great game at Knights Stadium in Sunshine, which we know very, very well. Um, Boland scored twice and um, Chris Aratis, uh, scored as well for Green Gully and Andrei Savic uh, scored for uh, Melbourne Knights. So it was a good crowd last night and uh, it was fantastic though. You've got to say this was a great day for Victorian football because um, how many teams now are in the uh, final final eight? There's four Victorian teams in, yep. the, in the final eight, of course, with Melbourne Victory and Melbourne City. So this is this is a, this was a great night for Victorian football. And Bentley Greens, I mean, you become cup specialist, don't you? Bentley Greens has been at this, uh, you know, uh, rarefied end of the of the competition a few times, and uh, and they like being there. Johnny Anastasiadis likes being yep. on, on the national stage. Not not he's a humble guy, but they're sort of quite enjoying this, and they've got a oh, bit of a cup should. run, and uh, they've got victory. And one of these days, one of these teams are going to knock off victory or knock off. Uh, I know Central Coast Mariners was beaten in a giant killing performance, and West Sydney Wanderers a couple of years ago, Adelaide City Adelaide, beat yeah. them. Yeah, so Adelaide this season. Yeah, Adelaide again this season. Uh, I wonder whether Bentley can do the business on Melbourne Victory next time. You don't around. go into these games thinking you can't. No. You, you go into these games thinking you've got nothing to lose. And yep. uh, let's face it, Victory's last game, they sort of scraped through with a penalty and, and went the went to the next stage. So it, you can win these games. You've got to believe it. If you were at the game last night, give us a call. 9429-1116. 9429-1116. We'd love to hear from you and tell us a bit about uh, what the atmosphere was like at uh, Knight Stadium. Because this this was a big game. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, I didn't see it all, Carlos, because yep. I, I didn't stream. Yes. <laughs> I know you told me that if I'd streamed. Yes. There's this thing, there's this thing you can do on the internet. On, on the, the interweb. Yeah. On the interweb. Yeah. International, <laughs> inter, what, information superhighway. Superhighway. Super yeah. yeah it's, apparently it's called streaming. Right. Yeah. So yeah, if you did that, you would have got that. But, uh, <laughs> I, I tried streaming with. Optus EPL, and I gave it away. <laughs> yeah, not had great experiences yeah. with streaming recently, Carlos. Don't, but, don't uh, open up that can of worms, Warren, tonight. But anyway, I watched the uh, Western Sydney Wanderers Edgeworth uh, Eagles game, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was five one in the end. Edgeworth yeah. did uh, pretty well. But anyway, give us a call nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Tell us what you thought about the game. Hey, let's uh, look at the quarterfinal fixtures. Melbourne City take on Western Sydney Wanderers in the an A-League clash there. Canberra Olympic take on Green Gully. That's in Canberra. And Bentley Greens play Melbourne Victory. Uh, and Blacktown City take on Sydney FC. A few local derbies there. So, yeah, boys, mm. um, interesting tie there for Melbourne City up against uh, Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, look, I think, you know, in many ways, when an A-League club matches up against another A-League club in the Cup prior to the season, you, you just don't feel they're going to give give it a red hot go. I know they all want to win, but it's like they want to keep a little bit in the tank for the opening round in, you know, in early October. Uh, it's just when they when they play one of the suburban clubs or one of the lesser so-called lesser clubs in in the MPL, uh, that's when you think, you know, they you know, maybe the fear of losing or fear of dropping points unexpectedly would be the thing that would get, uh, keep them sharp, but uh, I don't know. I'm not, I don't get as thrilled with 
the A League matchups as I do when you've got yeah, you know an true. EPL club against an A League team. I did think Wanderers looked pretty good though as a team, and with uh, the bullet back, you know, <laughs> with with him back, I actually think. I don't think there's any going backwards for Wanderers on what I've seen so far this season. I think they'll be right at the pointy end again this season in terms of who they've picked up and the way they played. And I think it's, I probably, I don't know. I think Wanderers might be a little bit more advanced than Melbourne City, you know, Tim Cale and stuff. So I'd favour them probably, even though I'm a big City fan. This is probably as close as some clubs in the A-League might get to getting silverware this season. I mean, I know they all want to be contenders, but the reality is uh, it's the first bit of silverware. So yep. y- you want to go out there to win something and, and stake your claim and, and even have some sort of psychological advantage, even though it, it might be a moderate one. But the fact that you've won something so early on might suggest that we're just going to keep gathering momentum and be a force to reckon with. Yeah, I, I just, I, I'm just so happy that suddenly this competition, not suddenly, it's only a couple of years old, but uh, this competition actually means a lot to everyone. Um, I was talking to a, a coach of an NPL club who got knocked out actually earlier in the in the rounds by Green Gully, and they were actually really really upset that they didn't go any further. I mean, there's a real hunger for coaches and teams in the lower divisions to actually have a bit of a cup run. They've seen what the, how the media jumps on board. They see they're not as as worried about playing an A League club. They see it as a really good opportunity because if they do win, they really make national news. Uh, and I know Green Gully's had their their their, their real big uh, fill of uh, of media, and you know Arthur Pappas, their coach, is now in the media a little bit more, and some of their players. Liam Bolan, he's on a scoring run. Mm, he scored he the goal yeah, that yeah. won the won the game against uh, Central Coast Mariners. Got another two last night. It is a trial for him. I know he wanted to get some exposure with the A-League clubs, and he's certainly doing that now. Oh, he's getting exposure. Do you reckon Green Gully are happy or unhappy that they got Canberra Olympic? I think a club like that would want to go as far as Absolutely. they possibly can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Canberra Olympic are a good no, little side. I, 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 I was watching a bit of their game the other night, and actually in the earlier rounds, and they can play. Yeah, no, absolutely. So can Green Gully, mm. Carlos. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I watched Green Gully a few times in the NPL this year, and you know they did impress me at times, but they didn't always play well. I know they've been knocked out of the NPL finals already too, so they don't have anything else to think about. Also, that might be a, uh, a you know something that might be a positive or a negative. Uh, if they go, if they continue on with their cup run, they uh, they've you know and their season's over. That means they're training, uh, you know, without regular games, and that might harm them down the track too. Looking forward to uh, the FFA Cup quarterfinals, which will be played on the twenty first, twentieth, twenty first, twenty seventh, and twenty eighth uh, of September. So, looking forward to that. Uh, congratulations to. Uh, Obviously, Green Gully and Bentley Greens, but also Melbourne City and Melbourne Victory uh, doing uh, Victorian football very proud. Hey, let's move on now, uh, boys, from uh, the FFA Cup to the World Cup qualifier because that uh, is happening tomorrow night in Perth. Uh, the Socceroos take on Iraq. Uh, Carlos, I know you're nervous. Vinny, are you as nervous as Carlos? I think you've got to be cautious with every game, Rodrigo. You don't, you don't want to be sort of cock-a-hoop, let's say. <laughs> You've got to be a bit cock-a-hoop. No, you don't want to be cock-a-hoop because that's when you make mistakes. You want to be in the zone. So I'm not nervous, no. but I'm gonna, you've got to respect your opposition so you, you can do. play well against them. Of course you do. And and look look at the facts. Ange has put in probably one of his most experienced squads. He's he not, has. He's not playing, you know, he's not trying, he's not tweaking or, or tinkering. He's just uh, going with what he knows. 
And th- that, that tells you a lot, Rodrigo. And what about you, Warren? Are you, uh, are you nervous or are you cock a hoop? Always confident. <laughs> Always confident. I think, um, I think starting with a home game gives them a chance to really build momentum. And I know they've got to go away and play again next Tuesday. But I genuinely think that there's, a sen- there's an air of confidence around the squad in terms of their own belief, in terms of the way they play and where they're going. And look... Their overseas-based players, particularly those who are playing in the championship, where the majority of them are playing now, are all getting regular football. They're all in form, and I think that's going to bring a lot to the a lot to the side. So, soccerers normally go best when they start well, score early, and then build from there. And I expect that to happen tomorrow night. What I get worried about with this squad is that they they're possession bullies, which is fantastic. Uh, technically, they're very, very good. They're midfield with the likes of Moy, Rogic, Tommy Rogic. We'll talk about him in a moment. Rogic, uh, you know, Luongo, <laughs> Milligan. I mean, that blend of just work rate and technical brilliance uh, is fantastic from a creative point of view. Uh, the thing is, we do struggle to score a lot of goals, you know, when you compare it to the amount of possession we have. And we haven't been able to find that goal scorer or those couple of goal scorers that can really, you know, convert a lot of the possession and a lot of the positive play because we are an attacking team now. And that worries me a little bit, especially if you've got a hardy, cagey opposition like I'm expecting Iraq to be tomorrow night. And Iraq aren't mugs. They're not a Bangladesh or... I mean, they've... I mean, if you remember one of the games, it would have been early in Ange Postacoglu's reign where they played... A game against an under it was an Iraq team in a in a qualifier, uh, and they decided to come with an under twenty three team, and the under twenty three team was actually technically yep. better than us, so that was um, that was something that we should really be well aware of. But look, these days, Ange and his scouting team would know everything about Iraq. Look, I, I think that uh, while we probably haven't been as prolific in front of goal, what, what we have done is we do make a lot of opportunities. We don't always finish them the way we should. Someone like Nathan Burns, he'd be ruining some of the chances that he's let go by. Same with Leckie. Same, with, Vinny, same let, with Robbie Cruz. Guys like Robbie Cruz, great player, Leckie, great player, but their game to, goals to game ratio is no it's no better at club football than what it is at international football. I mean, Leckie is... Um, What's he? Uh, 31 games, three goals, right? We've got Nathan Birds, 22 games, three goals. We've got Robbie Cruz, he's 43 games and four goals. We don't get a lot of goals from our attacking, uh, attacking plays except for someone like a Timmy Cale. Yep. Uh, so they don't, we don't, we've got to find that player or players who can score the goal every second game, every third game, but they're doing it at club football too. The only, the only Aussies doing that at club football at the moment is Jamie McLaren. Yep. And he is really too inexperienced to lead the line and do the same in international football. So we've got to unearth that sort of player at some stage. Your show to good show ratio is not great either, <laughs> Carlos. So, um, and we still have you back most weeks. So I'm confident. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, it's uh, kickoff. Is 8.30 our time tomorrow, 6.30 uh, Perth time. Uh, the Socceroos take on Iraq. And then, of course, uh, a f- six, well, five days later, on the 6th of September, uh, we go to Abu Dhabi and take on United Arab Emirates. So a couple of games for the Socceroos to get excited about. Looking forward to that. These are World Cup qualifiers. Absolutely. So I mean, very, very important. Have you found it's been a bit low-key, the lead-up? No, it absolutely There's has. Not, oh, really? I, I, are we getting complacent as a country? No, no it's in Perth. I think you, you kind <laughs> yeah, of it said. Is, yeah, it's another it's, country, really. To you, it's almost yeah. another country, yeah. but uh, it's not. Um, but anyway, so looking forward to the Socceroos. Carlos, um, 
Obviously, uh, Tommy Rogic. Uh, you, Tommy you, Rogic. Yeah, you say it with a bit of... Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, what, what, what do you say? It's a, it's love. A bit, uh, a bit yeah. of love. Yeah. It's a bit more than love there, there Warren. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, Tommy Rogic is mm. on fire. Hopefully, he he scores for Australia. He converts his, uh, his uh, club form to an international form. Well, man of the match for Celtic against Aberdeen, their win on the weekend. He's scoring nearly every second or third game at the moment. Though it... There was a great article uh, that was in the uh, paper, I think, in the last couple of days, talking about the fact that he's playing so many games. And people sort of bag the SPL at the moment, but it is Celtic. And when he gets back, they've got the, the old firm derby. Rangers is back in the in the yep. first division or in the uh, Premier League there in Scotland. And uh, then they think they play a derby against uh, Rangers when, when he first gets back. And then on the Tuesday after, they go to Barcelona to play a Champions League game. Uh, and there, look, he just seems to have big games all the he's time. He's living the dream. Uh, but he's he's one of the better players in this team that's got to play these games. So Confidence. Uh, can you imagine what that's doing to his development? Oh, and, and his confidence. And, he's, and the fact that he's scoring goals yep. and he's creating goals. I mean, we haven't had a player like that for a long time that, that is up and about and really respected. Not only is he scoring goals, he's scoring them from downtown. Yeah. And, uh, against Aberdeen, he scored one from a set piece, which mm. just sort of mesmerised the wall. He's all over it. That game against Aberdeen on the weekend, he just, the amount of sort of create, creative passes he put through to construct other goals for other people was also pretty impressive. So, yes, he is in a rich vein of form. He probably needs to, to, to score a little bit more for the Socceroos, even though he's scoring about every three games. Can't yep. wait to see him and how Ange uses him tomorrow night. Uh, there you go. And congratulations to Paul Ocon, who's the new coach of Central Coast Mariners. Interesting choice. But, Very uh, interesting. I mean, yeah. he, he hasn't been a super successful uh, you know, representative team coach for Australia. He almost had the same sort of, uh, um, you know, results or outcomes as Ange Postacoglu, you know, uh, when he was... Very much criticised. Well, he for, says he wants to be. Well, like look, I think he's gone through that difficulty of of coaching the youth teams, the Australian youth teams. Uh, when Ange went to Brisbane, he really revolutionised the game in this country. And I'm kind of hoping someone like Paul Ocon, who did spend a lot of time in Italy, he's rubbed shoulders with a lot of big coaches around the world. And he has been a really respected Australian. If he wasn't for his injuries, he probably would have been our best ever player, I reckon. And uh, it's good that he's got the Central Coast Mariners job. I don't know what he's going to do with the lack of resources there, but he might make some magic. Who knows? So. And, and you know that given that he did spend time with Sven Goran Eriksson, uh, you're bound to mm. find him in the photocopy room <laughs> with the photocopy ladies That's right. at some point. That's right. Oh, jeez. For our sake, let's hope so. <laughs> hey, I um, we'll be speaking to Paul Ocon next week. Yes. Are you going to ask him that question, Vinny? I may well ask him. Oh, you will. <laughs> hey, boys, that's the Q&A. It's a full Q&A there tonight because um, we've done it. We've done it all with and no, no, no whistle, all. no whistle saying that we, uh, you know, talk too long on a topic. Uh, but right now, <laughs> it's time for Warren's Rant. Everybody was fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. Carlos, greatness. It's what you've aspired to and never achieved. But what I'm saying <laughs> to the, all the Socceroo players out there, it's two hours behind. You guys have got an opportunity to achieve greatness in a time where our national sporting teams at the Olympics, the Wallabies, etc., 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 are all poor. Look at the cricketers at the moment. The Socceroos have got a chance for greatness. This is Ange Postacoglu's first full, first full campaign as manager. Now, believe it or not, we used to think that achieving World Cups was a dream. 
They're going for three in a row. Boys, start tomorrow night on your quest for greatness. I'm Warren, and that's my rant. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. Nice to have you along on a Wednesday night. Really appreciate you listening to the Four Diegos here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Uh, just on the SMS, John in Port Melbourne, very lame, limp rant, <laughs> Warren. Uh, but anyway, he's not really ready to talk because he uh, hasn't got his cans on. But uh, uh, So, John, uh, look, Warren's kind of in betwixt in between there, mate, because he's uh, sometimes angry. Well, he, he called for someone to get injured a couple of weeks That's ago, true, which was Slatan unlike Ibrahim- yeah, okay. Ibrahimovic. I, I, three weeks ago, I called for a player's injury. I apologise. Yes. That was over you, the top. You called for a maiming of a player. Last week, I called for a reimagination subtle, of the whole game. Changes <laughs> in the game. That's I got lambasted. Today, I'm calling for the greatness of the national team in the midst of every other national team being rubbish, mm. and it's limp. Well, yep. See, I would like to see a national team also be able to <laughs> to uh, represent us at the Olympics so that uh, we save a bit of money. But do you want the rant to be on Viagra or do you want it to be naturally Ooh. sort of steady, excitable? Well, well, I, I'm happy for natural, uh, Warren. <laughs> just, um, just it scares so me the thought of you and a rant. Just don't treat our listeners with contempt, Warren. That's true. Just because if you're going to be angry, just be angry, right? And then cop it sweet. But don't go <laughs> lollipop. You know, nicey, nicey. You know, that, that was a nothing rant for me. I, I, I switched off after the first I was, couple of seconds. Well, Warren, no, no. I was kind of, I was happy with it because it was positive. I like positive. I, I was a bit scared last yeah. week when you called for a complete reimagination. No, of the game. I called <laughs> for a tinkering of the game. It's just tinkering. <laughs> anyway. Two balls. No offside. Anyway. Oh, I didn't say that, did I? Yeah, you, well, you, you said a lot. Yeah. You, um, you were alluding to it. Hey, uh, before we go to our interview with uh, Tony Pinata, Altona City, mm. uh, Vinny. Fun fact, Rodrigo, I also played for Altona City. <laughs> you did. And no. uh, Andrew Marth was in the team beneath me. He, yeah. he was in the under-12s, I was in the under-13s or something like that. There you go. Well, they've got a Beyond Blue Day Cup, uh, which is happening on the 10th of September at Logan Reserve in Pier Street, Altona. Oh. Um, from 12 to 2.30, there'll be live music, jumping castle, sausage sizzle, raffles and giveaway. Also, the Arsenal School of Soccer will be holding clinics there. Wow. So make sure you get to uh, the Beyond Blue Day Cup with Altona City on the 10th of September. At Logan I was going to say Arsene Wenger may make an appearance, possibly. <laughs> but, he, but he won't be signing anyone. No, really, yeah, that's right. They're not a buying club. It sounds So that's part of the Beyond Blue Day. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like a lot of fun. So make sure you get there, support the club, and support a fantastic cause, which is Beyond Blue. Um, but then it's back to uh, Kim Reserve on Miller's Road, um, Altona. I was the, raised be, there. For the Beyond Blue Cup. Yes. Uh, which is between Altona City and Fitzroy City. And kickoff there is at 3 p.m. So if you want to have some fun first, take the kids and then put the kids back in the car, go from uh, Pier Street, let Altona. Let them walk. You get in the car. Let All them right, walk. Whatever. And, however you do it. And there's a great playground across the road in Cherry Lake. So yeah, you you'll be fine there. Mm. Now, so congratulations to Altona City uh, for the Beyond Blue Day and also the Beyond Blue Cup. Uh, kickoff of the cup is at 3 p.m. So make sure uh, you go out there and support Altona City. Hey, boys and, and listeners, of course, earlier in the week, um, as part of our The Bosses series, where we talk to anyone with a bit of influence in the game, off the pitch and on the pitch sometimes, we spoke to the CEO of Sydney FC, a proud Victorian, Tony <laughs> Pinata, and I started by asking him about the pre-season. Yeah, no, look, um, it's gone quick, actually. Um, someone was saying the other day, it's about 49, 48 days to go. So, um, no, look, it's gone well. We've um, 
sort of, I think, uh, we recruited well. Um, squad's coming together, um, you know, pre-season games, FFA Cup. Um, so, no, it's all, all going well. Now, Tony, the power base of... Uh Football in Australia has moved to Melbourne, clearly, because <laughs> Tim Cale signed for Melbourne City and Melbourne Victory averaged the biggest crowds. I'm just um, wondering how Sydney FC plans to respond. I know you've signed a, a mystery Brazilian player that um, I can't pronounce he's not, his he's name. A, Bobo. He's Bobo. not a mystery. Bobo. He's a very good player. Oh, okay. Bobo. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Bobo and why he's a better signing than Tim Cale, perhaps. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say he's a better signing than Tim, but um, no, look, uh, we, we sort of spent... I know Arnie and his team spent a, a ages sort of looking at different strikers, and we really clearly wanted a, uh, a number nine. And it, look, it was something we lacked last year, someone to sort of finish. And, you know, the, the work that Bobo's done in his career, and he comes from a you know, big club at, um, in Brazil, in Gremio. So it all bodes well for Bobo to, uh, to be a star this year. Tony, uh, Vinny Venezuela here. I'm excited about a Brazilian coming, and I, I do like Brazilians with their sort of mono names and stuff, but I'm worried that Bobo, once things go pear-shaped, <laughs> everyone's going to call him Bozo, right? That's going to hurt you. So have you ever considered maybe having a quiet chat and saying, hey, Bobo, we're just going to call you Bob? Might <laughs> <laughs> have to, um, but uh, yeah, no, look, uh, he'll be he'll be fine. He's uh He's a good guy and he's got a good pedigree, so we're uh, we're quite hopeful he'll uh, he'll deliver. Well, I mean, is, Tony's Carlos. It really is one of those cases where you're trying to find not not that you're trying to find, but clubs are trying to find that that diamond in the rough. You know, the, the Thomas Broish or the Barisha Fornaroli. or Bruno Fornaroli. These guys who have still got a lot of hunger in them, but and uh, good honest professionals from around Europe, and and you get them and they end up being diamonds here. Um, this guy here, Bobo, I've, I've, I had a look, he's 31 years old, scores goals wherever he, wherever he goes. I think he was a record scorer at Besiktas in, uh, in Turkey, and again, scored for, uh, you know, his Brazilian clubs too. He seems to have the pedigree of, uh, of maybe a Bruno Fornaroli or a Barisha? Yeah, look, he's got good pedigree, and that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, we ended up signing him. I think, um, you know, Graham has been on record that he reviewed over 200 players. Um, you know, we've been players left, right and centre every day, and, um, you know, he sort of narrowed it down to a few and decided that Bobo would be the uh, be the one. And he played with Philippe at Bistiscus, so Philippe knows him really well um, and gave him a, a, a good, uh, good reference as well. So you know, we're quite... Uh, Quite happy with the signing, and uh, you're right. Everyone's trying to get that, uh, you know, diamond rough because it's uh, it's very hard. And uh, you know, Marquis Alessandro Del Piero, very hard to come by in the A League now. I was going to ask you about you know, the legacy of Alessandro Del Piero. I mean, congratulations! We didn't even get a chance to we couldn't reach you when you when you got him. You're so popular, you guys. <laughs> uh, only the A-list media got in there and uh, and had a chat to you about it. But we're but, A-list. Oh, we are A-list. No, but we've always made time. For absolutely, you guys absolutely. That. But uh, the the <laughs> legacy of Del Piero and you know, huge name in world football. Has your policy for marquees changed slightly? Uh, you know, after weighing up the Del Piero, you know, impact and, and saying, well, you know, maybe we can get that same impact by winning games and, and playing fantastic football. Um, you look, Alessandro came at a time when the club was, um, you know, had, you know, crowds around 11,000. Our memberships was, was 6,000. Um, you know, we had uh, poor turnover. Um, so he really came and, and the league was, was down. Um, so by him coming, you know, we got a, a, a very good TV rights um, deal done out of it. 
our crowds went up. You know, they went up to eighteen, nearly nineteen thousand. Our memberships went up to to ten thousand. So all the metrics were fantastic. And I, look, I thought, you know, year one definitely was fantastic. You know, scored fourteen goals. Year two, you know, a little bit older, you still did well. We made the finals. You know, we lost uh, in the last minute to Melbourne Victory. Um, but uh, you know, for what we paid Alessandro. Now you'd have to spend seven, eight million bucks, mm. and that's the problem. You, you, and you can't you, you get any of that money back. So clubs are are finding the tough, you know, to get someone in. Um, yeah, you might get good crowds initially, but long term, you'll you'll lose a lot of money. So I think that's a, a big factor. Tony, Vinny again. Look, I think the Del Piero signing was one of the best things that happened to the league because the guy was just excitement on a on a football pitch. I'm just wondering, he seems like a... I met him once and uh, he seemed like a very generous uh, and giving person. Is he the sort of guy that you can r- remain in contact with to just get a little bit of advice and, and feedback from occasionally? Yeah, look, no, look uh, yeah, he's been... Um, you know, some, some stuff that he, you know, he, he speaks to us. He always wishes as well every start of the season. Um, no, he's busy as well. He's been doing um, you know, Sky TV in Italy and doing his own sort of uh, ADP glasses and ADP footwear and, and everything in uh, LA. So, um, But look, he's, he's always uh, he's a legend of the club um, and uh, he's always uh, sort of there and thereabouts. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great that, uh, you know, we can count uh, him as, as a past player. Tony, in terms of a broader league perspective, um. What do you think are the most pressing issues? Is it still the same thing around TV rights deal, economic sustainability, or as we move into this next phase, what what do you see as the the priorities for you guys as a club, I suppose, and then um, as a broader league in terms of making some changes to continue developing the competition? Yeah, look, as a as a league, um, you know, TV rights is, is the most pressing thing uh, because. You know, clubs can't keep on losing what they've been losing, um, and we're hopeful that uh, the new TV deal will uh, will give us some uh, extra extra dollars and extra dollars for the players as well. Um, but uh, the league, from a football standard, I think it's uh, it's very good and it's getting better and better each year. And I think you've, you've seen what Ange has come out and said in the last couple of days about the league and how we compare to the uh, you know to the rest of the world. From a club point of view. You know, it's been seven years since Sydney FC has won a trophy uh, when we beat Melbourne Victory in uh, 09-10 uh, in that penalty shootout at Etihad. Um, <clears throat> sorry, Victory fans. But, uh, <laughs> Kevin Musket missed, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can still hear the uh, donk on the, uh, on the post. But, um, yeah, for us, it's about, uh, you know, taking that next step and winning games now. And uh, um, that's what we're, we're trying to do uh, uh, every year. But... Uh, you know, it, it has been a long time between drinks and we need to start changing that. Here on the Four Diego's, we're speaking with CEO of Sydney FC, Tony Pinata. Now, Tony, uh, Graham Arnold last year, I look, for a bloke who's done so much in the game as a coach and just, you know, he's become an elite coach, really. Up up until last season, he seemed to, wherever he went, he, he seemed to win more regularly than lose. But I don't think I've seen him more exhausted and more... Um, more befuddled by the way the team played at different times last year. You've recruited Wilkinson, Zulu, Zulo, uh, Vukovic, uh, uh, Beanie, Broska's back. Good, hardened professionals who are really in the prime of their careers. Does that give us all some indication that he's looking for a mature team that can be competitive on a more regular basis? Yeah, look, I mean, those players are yeah, definitely mature. We've got Josh Brillanti, who's only 23 mm. as well. we signed him from um, Fiorentina. Um, and we've got some really great young kids coming through as well. You know, George Blackwood, 
Aaron Calva, and you know we've just won the uh, we won the NYL, we've just won the NPL on the weekend. Um, so there's a good mixture of youth coming through. So any any good squad has to have that balance, and I think we've got that balance right with some of the older players, some of the you know mid twenties, and then some of the younger boys. So um, I think the squad is very well balanced. Uh, Graham is always keen to have you know, two players for every position and, and players fighting for those positions. So I think we've got that this season. But in the review of last season there, Tone, I'm pretty sure you guys uh, scrutinised everything in the club from uh, from the personnel to the to the way the team performed. What was the overwhelming uh, sort of... Uh, uh, sort of result of that the outcome of that uh, of that review uh, was it the mere fact that you didn't have the depth or the players just weren't good enough or what 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 did you come to as by way of a conclusion? Yeah, look, we were really disappointed with the way we finished last year. I mean, we beat the Wanderers um, in January. I think that was round fourteen or fifteen. You know, we were one point off the top. Then the Champions League started. We didn't win another game till the last game of the year against Perth, but we did really well in the Champions League. So. I don't want to make excuses, but you know, playing Champions League and you know you're travelling um, straight after a game, you play midweek and then you get back the day before the game. It, it does take its toll on, on players, and and it's not the games; it's actually the travel when you're travelling 10, 10 hours. So that had a big big impact, um, and then you're really digging down in terms of your uh, your squad. So um, maybe maybe it wasn't you know the the right balance or, or what, but um, yeah, you know it, it did play a factor. Hey, Tony, we really uh, appreciate your time here with the Four Diegos and uh, wish you and the club uh, some great success uh, this season in the A-League. And um, it's only about, what, six or seven weeks to go. We can't wait to the stuff that happens on the pitch uh, start. So uh, thanks for joining us tonight and um, hope to talk to you again throughout the season. No problem. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tony. There's Tony Pinata, CEO of Sydney FC. Always good to talk to Tony. Hey, if you want to catch the entire interview, uh, check out our podcast from tomorrow at Four Diego's. Let's take a break now. Come back with Mike McGrath on the Four Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On eleven sixteen SEN, the Four Diego's. And coming up after Diego's, it's all night appetite with Scotty Cooney. So make sure you stick around for that. Hey, it's uh, it's it's an important day. It's the deadline for the. Um, the window, the transfer window. So let's go to Mike McGrath from the UK, from the Sun in the UK. G'day, Mike, and welcome to the Diego's. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me out. Yeah, good to have uh, Mike. Maybe just uh, before we get on to you, Mike, just move around a little bit because uh, <laughs> the line didn't sound great. You've got Rodrigo here, Vinny Venezuela, Warren, and Carlos Alberto. Hey, Mike, it is the uh, transfer deadline day. Um, any big news as we go to air? Have you got an exclusive for the Diego's? Well, I think we're big, but Hey Mike, Mike, yeah. just before Mike, before you yeah. keep going, can you just maybe just uh, turn left a little bit? Just turn around because uh, we haven't got a great line with you. Um, so, what do you think? It, what, no, I think um, what we might do is uh, try and call you right back, Mike. So, um, if we can, because it wasn't uh, it was very hard to understand. Yes, Warren. I won't pretend to know as much as Mike about transfer deadline day, but we know it's not? international because I don't. <laughs> Simple. I mean, I could pretend, which. I've done successfully for quite a long well, period of time. Well, that's what has been doing for no, a long no. time in the transfer market. <laughs> no, so. but I'm interested in asking Mike, and we'll get him back, is the script couldn't have gone better, could it, for Pep and Jose in terms of we've got an international week and then we've got Manchester Derby, first game of the following weekend with both teams going undefeated. I mean, it's been quite amazing. You look at Chelsea... Manchester City and Manchester United have all started the season with three wins. 
I'll be really interested to know because I've read a lot of stuff already about Pep Guardiola. We know the Joe Hart stuff, but the sense that Raheem Sterling is just a different player this season with Pep Guardiola being the manager and that he's got a, they've got a sense of him fulfilling the potential that he showed at Liverpool, even just in taking shots rather than passing off or whatever. But it's going to be a great game. And I'm even starting to be not wooed and I will never swap, but <laughs> there is, there obviously is something about Pep Guardiola in terms of, I would say that he's come into Man City with not a team of the calibre of Barcelona or Bayern Munich, but already he seems to have turned them around. They're a better side. Yeah, but, you know, I, I wonder about, you know, the impact of managers at that level because Pep obviously is a winning manager. But what the players are talking, I mean, when people ask the players, what's different about this guy? Why are you playing so much better? Why is there much better team spirit? And... You know, when they talk about, oh, he makes he makes us all feel like we're part of the team. I mean, that's what all managers do, basically, <laughs> right? I mean, there's no science in this. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what Mike might think about this when we get him back on the line. Well, let's ask him, Carlos, because I think we've got him back on the line. G'day, Mike. Hi, guys. Is that better? Absolutely oh, that's better. That's pure, Mike. That's just <laughs> pure. Now, Mike, we, we were actually, while you're, um, you know, trying to get your phone right there, <laughs> we were just talking about the impact of Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. And, uh, and you know, what makes him so different from other top-line managers that are out there who really, at, at that level, I mean, you probably don't, don't have much difference in the knowledge and the experience and the ability of managers, yet Pep walks in and Warren was talking about Raheem Sterling and how he's turned him around from a guy who was booed at the Euros, a guy who had an up-and-down season last year at, uh, at Man City, and suddenly he's playing career-best football right now. He's almost resurrected his career. What do you think it is about yeah. Pep? Is it, I mean, is it an ability as a manager or the fact that he's a winning coach and commands respect when he, when he walks in the door? Um, I think, it, look, we actually, as a Sunday journalists, we got our first um, kind of real time with Pep last week, and it was really fascinating. He said, look, do you really think Raheem Sterling is a much better player because of me? Is he is he quicker? Is he can he take it around people better? And he said, no, not really. It's just a lot of it with Raheem. I think was psychology, feeling like he was really wanted by Pep, um, and just just little tweaks really to his game. Nothing major, and he just says it's, it's confident to the player and feeling loved by the coach. That was Pep's own words, and I think there's definitely a feeling that it, with, with Guardioli, you're either you're, you're in or you're out. Um, O'Hart and Wilfred Boney and um, uh, Mangala, they're out. They're not part of it. But if you're in, I think he gives you a hundred percent, and and he and if you're on his team, he'll. You know, he'll give you that amazing confidence that we've seen um, kind of coursing through Raheem Sterling in the last few weeks. But there's not... I mean, he comes across as a, a soft is the wrong word, but, you know, mild-mannered, gentle. But he's it's sort of almost like iron fist in velvet glove in some ways, Mike, in the fact that he is prepared to make hard calls. He makes them. And maybe even there's a sense of it being a tad unfair... But he makes them, sticks with them. And as much as the players who are there love him, he's also prepared to make the hard calls. 
Yeah, I think ruthless is probably the best word for it because it really has been... Well, I think there was... I don't think um, Caballero is a better keeper than Hart, but he picked him for the reasons that probably only he knows because I think there's a bit of psychology there about showing who's boss. Um, so I, I do think that he's... Yeah, he's not afraid to make the hard calls, which which he has done. Um I suppose we're just kind of generally just learning about what makes him, what has made him a very, very good um, manager in in Europe so far. I think it's still going to be, I know it's five wins out of five, but I still think he's, there's going to be some tough times ahead for him. And that's when we'll find out how good Guardiola is as a coach. Because it's really, it's quite easy um, praising him when, when you're beating Stal Bucharest 5-0 away from home. Mike, I've been in Venezuela here. As you we were mentioning before, the transfer window and deadline is sort of looming and players come and players go. And, uh, you know, Mario Balotelli, it seems, might be leaving your shores officially. So I just, could you spend a moment just talking about the legacy of Mario? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it, it, has been, it has been a bit of a journey. Um, I mean, about four years ago, he was one of those guys, a bit like Zlatan is now, where anything he did was news, even if, you know, what, what he had for dinner was news. Mm-hmm. And it's really, you know, and his stock has plummeted so far down that now he's looking at places like Nice in France or uh, maybe a lower league, a lower uh, Serie A team. To try and get a game, it's really, it's it's quite sad, really, um, and it's kind of damaged over here. Um, you know, there's a good player in there, but it's going to take a hell of a manager to get it out there, uh, to get it out on the pitch at this stage of his career. Apparently, what he's done for the firecracker industry in, in Britain <laughs> is amazing. Yeah, Mike, uh, yeah. we were talking about Joe Hart before, and everyone was expecting to join Everton or. Or uh, you know one of the teams in the EPL, but instead uh, he's joined Torino in Italy, which I thought was a very interesting uh, you know uh, 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 eventuality. Do you know what prompted that move to Torino rather than an English Premier League club? Well, I mean the, the Premier League clubs that, that could take him were probably not right for him in terms of you know Sunderland were Sunderland about three days before uh, you know David Moyes himself said that they were in a relegation battle so that that doesn't really fit the England the England number one or, or somebody trying to hold on to the jersey um, and and then Everton didn't really materialize anyway I think Stecklenburg was in good good form so you're not really he, he was never going to go to to Liverpool or, or any of these any of the big clubs so it really limited it to to a, a a club abroad. Um, Sevilla, Sevilla was a, that was a, a possibility, but I think Torino moved quickly and, and, he's, and he's just got that opportunity now to just get his head down and just play regular football and, and probably um, be out of the limelight for a little bit. Mike, Sam Allardyce, England, Wayne Rooney, final campaign. I'd say, say enthusiasm levels in England are off the charts for the national team. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I, well, there's, we, we, there's a, the first match is in Slovakia, and it's not even in Bratislava. It's down the road because the uh, stadium's shut. So I don't think it'll be uh, a big razzmatazz affair on Sunday 
So, uh, yeah, a bit low-key, but that, that, that reflects the summer that we've had over here and the fact that the Iceland result was just appalling. So we kind of start from scratch, expectations getting lower and lower with every uh, major championship and, and maybe um, maybe we can get to a quarterfinals um, in 2018. That would be uh, uh, Wayne Swansong. Hey, Mike, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for with you tonight, but um, we'll catch up for a longer discussion next week. Thanks, Mike. There's Mike McGrath from The Sun in the UK. Let's take a break and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Yes, haven't got much time to go. Coming up all night, Appetite with Scotty Cooney. Boys, looking forward to... The weekend. Uh, no, no, tomorrow night. And tomorrow night, of course. Absolutely. Yes, of Nothing course. to look well, forward to on the weekend. Absolutely. Just I'm looking forward to night. the weekend. But we'll be back on um, next Wednesday night. And don't forget the Socceroos take on Iraq tomorrow night in Perth. We're back next week, as I said. Carlos, remember? We're reporter eating girls. Hang out. We'll be there. Wherever you Samba, Rumba and La Bamba. We'll be there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls of their feet. We'll be there. Wherever Gringos play football. We'll be there. We are the Fort Diego. Olé. Olé.